0: In the last segment, we discussed, from an overview perspective, what is RTI. And if you didn't see the last segment, or if you've read some stuff on RTI, you'll recall that this is an instructional frame for how we organize all academic and behavioral instruction and interventions. That Tier 1 is what all students get. It's defined that way. It's not a curriculum whether you're using McMillan, Houghton Mifflin, it's what all students get. We'll talk more about that um, in just a moment. Tier two is supplemental instruction. The most common way that that's delivered in the United States is Title I reading would be an example of that. Intensive instruction, and that's, deli- tier two is delivered to groups of students. It can be pretty big groups of students but it's not what is given to everyone. Tier 3 is what is given to very small groups or individual students. Some people confuse Tier tier 3 with special ed. It's not the case. Some special ed students receive Tier 3 instruction, but not all students that receive Tier 3 instruction are special education students. Now something to remember about response to intervention is that the unit of analysis, how it's delivered, is specific to a building, not to the district. So for example, we have many districts in Florida that are organized in the way that they're structured so that some schools are very high-performing schools. They're in a part of town where kids come from privilege. Their, Their parents began working with them when they were very young. On educational types of, of activities. Other students come from situations in which they're not able to have those kinds of opportunities at the same level as some other students. So you could have a building in a district that is a very high-performing building. Two miles away, three miles away, you could have a building that has many, many challenges. So the question is, should a school district have the same curriculum in both buildings. What answers that in an RTI model is what did the data say the students need? So it's important to understand that tier one is what all students get. What all students need in one building could be very different from what they need in another building. You'll also recall that we talked about academic engaged time, the number of minutes of quality instruction that students receive. Students who are behind Need more minutes than students who are at or above proficiency. So in a school building where you have a significant percent of students, in some buildings, 50-60% of the students are behind, then tier one in that building, let's take reading for an example. Instead of being 90 minutes, what all students might get in that building is 150 minutes of reading. Where in the building in the same district three miles away, all students are getting 90 minutes of reading. So tier one is what all students get. In the building where students need more instruction, they may be receiving instruction in the core curriculum, say McMillan, plus all students are getting what might be classified by some to be supplemental instruction, like Wilson's foundations. So all students would receive Macmillan and Wilsons. But in the other school, only a small percent of students get Wilsons. That might be supplemental instruction. So the tiers are organized not into what the instruction is, but who gets them. So let's look at how Tier 1 could be organized. In Florida, we have a suggested guideline of 90 minutes of reading language arts a day for all students. So tier one could be 45 minutes of group instruction and 45 minutes of instruction delivered either guided instruction, students at or above proficiency, would work in centers. They would have guidance from the teacher but not direct instruction. For students who are behind, below proficiency, the teacher might provide direct instruction for that small group of students, during the second 45 minutes. So, core instruction is what all students get. It is not the curriculum. It is delivered in at least the minimum number of minutes for reading, which is 90 minutes. For math, 60 or more minutes. And the goal for tier one or core instruction is that the instruction that all students get results in 75 to 80% of those students attaining proficiency. So the bottom line is this. You do whatever you have to do for core instruction. Lengthen the time, intensify the instruction, narrow the focus of it, differentiate it, provide additional scaffolding to get 75 to 80% of the students at or above proficiency. Let's take kindergarten as an example. In Florida, we have the Florida Kindergarten Readiness Survey, FLICKERS for short. The purpose of FLICKERS is to screen all students within the first 30 days of school to identify those who are at risk for failure in early literacy. Once we get sufficient data, stable data, on those students, we know which students are likely to complete the year ready for first grade and which students are going to need additional instruction as early in the year as possible. So this screening measure is given multiple times to see how students are responding, how they're adjusting to kindergarten, or whether or not those students are going to need additional instruction. Unless we do that screening and benchmarking in Tier 1, unless we do it, we'll continue to provide the regular core instruction as it was planned to be delivered. Students will start falling behind, we won't have the data to know it, and we'll be running out of time to do something about it. So Tier 1 is what all students get. It is the core instruction, but we have to collect data frequently enough to know which students do we need to provide supplemental. Are there some students who need intensive instruction? Typically, tier two, that supplemental instruction, is delivered through differentiated instruction as part of tier one. For students who don't respond to that extra 30 minutes that the teacher is focusing with the direct instruction, typically teachers, general ed classroom teachers, will partner with other teachers, reading teachers, title one teachers, behavior specialists if it's a behavioral area, math specialists if it's in the area of math, to provide additional time and focus of instruction. Before we move to the next segment where we're going to talk about Tier 2, let's talk about what differentiates the tiers. As you go from Tier 1, where we said you collect the least amount of data, the students get the widest amount of instruction. In reading, they would receive all five areas, phonemic awareness, phonics, fluency, vocabulary, comprehension. As we intensify instruction for students, we move from Tier 1 to Tier 2, or perhaps tier three. What differentiates the tiers is time and focus of instruction. To move up a tier, you have to have more minutes. That's the number one criteria. If you're not getting more minutes, you're not moving tiers. And when you get more minutes, it's usually focused in the area of student need, more so than general instruction, which is a broad coverage area. So as we move from core instruction, tier one, We would have students who would still be struggling after they received core instruction, after the teacher had differentiated, after additional scaffolding had been put in place, and normal amounts of differentiated instruction that typically occur in a classroom for all students. The data would tell us that this student continues to fall behind. The question then becomes, which we'll discuss in the next segment, is how do you decide what to do with supplemental instruction? How do you link supplemental instruction with core instruction? And we'll talk about that in the next segment.